0: I would have liked to, obviously, as most would, uh, have known or understood work the way that I do now, back when I was in high school, of all things, um, because it's an understanding that I don't think a lot of people have. I think it's, it can be all sorts of reasons why people tend to um, get bogged down when, uh, at, at your job or whatever it may be, but, uh, something I'll be teaching my kids is, um, to think of work differently than we do now, because I think that most of us think of going to work as it's emotion, right? Not emotion, but ah, motion, a motion. Uh, it's just one of the many motions that we go through, right? You, you wake up, Uh, you you go get ready, you drive half hour, 20 minutes to work, and then you do a job that you have to do in order to get paid. I think the dangerous thing about that is it causes complacency. Um, it also causes, uh, regressiveness within our own psyches. Um, and I think it also causes resentment, especially towards bosses and things. Uh, I mean, I've worked a lot of jobs and uh, I've had some pretty shitty bosses. And I actually wonder now that, you know, maybe it was my fault. Maybe it would have been a better job had I went in there and done a better job. Um, I mean, there's some that you just, it, it's, it's so fucking difficult. When you have a boss, like a small business owner. Now, I'm not shitting on small business owners. But there's some out there, and everybody's different, but you have some out there that will lord it over their employees that you're an employee. I, in fact, had one boss who would remind us often that he was giving us a generous um, base pay, because we also earn commission. In sales, it happens all the time. No. No. That's not what that is. That is not even close to what it is in any job. And this will go, it goes into school and it also, well, at least higher education like college. But it also goes into fighting a little bit. And uh, I'll talk about that here in a second. But um, it was a contract that I signed with my boss that I was going to perform this duty or this service. And he was going to pay me X amount. And then now I'm, I'm on board. We're both on board. We're both in agreement. So for a boss to sit there and and like I said, there's all sorts of everybody's different, and you're going to have some people who don't understand how to run a business, others who mildly understand, and then those that know how to execute and get people to do what what uh, they want. It's just like when I was talking about Urban Meyer uh, with Ohio State. It's I, trust me, I don't like coming to the defense of Urban Meyer or Ohio State. But that being said. Urban Meyer um, knew how to get results out of his players. <clears throat> again, he went undefe- his first year in Ohio State went undefeated. The next year, again, went undefeated, won the first uh, college football playoff system and the national championship. That's getting results. So when I heard those players, even though I'm a big fan of James O'Keefe and... Uh, and Project Veritas, and I think that, uh, he's an excellent journalist. Uh, and I'm not going to mark this against him either, you know, that he went and he, he, talked to these players and they gave him the information that they gave him. But what it was telling me was a lot of these guys, I don't think had fathers. Um, and uh, because of how they reacted to the stimulus that Urban Meyer came with, um, now, given I don't think in their contracts that they signed, when they committed, that they were going to expect the treatment that they may have gotten from them. So there's a little little controversy there, at least on my part. Um, but when they were saying the things that they were saying, I was just looking at it going, yeah, he's a good coach. That's, he's a hard-nosed coach who knows how to get results out of his players, you know, talking about a guy that he had recruited, you know, for a year or two years and then comes on and then acts like he doesn't even exist and that recruit feels butthurt because the coach isn't treating him like a superstar. Well, now you gotta prove yourself. You know, you proved yourself in your old school. It was easier to go against those those other guys who didn't think that they were going to college and uh and now you're in the big game and um you're not treated you're not you're not uh catered to. Uh, so there's a certain amount of results that that guy wants. Um, the difference between, like I said, with that and having a boss that doesn't know how to run a business and, uh, brings down employee morale and things like that, um, is, is pretty, pretty stark, a pretty stark contrast. Um, you got to know when to talk to your players about certain things. You got to know when to talk to your employees, how to talk to them, um, you know, sitting there and shitting on them about, you know, you give them a good pay when, no, that was what we agreed upon, but then you don't train them in the ways that, that they need to be trained in order to do the things that you want them to do and coming out of nowhere with, with numbers that there's, there's no foundation for. Well, you know, you're going to have shit results. However, to go back on myself, um, understanding what work is. Think about when you're at home, right? You, nobody's paying you and you've got to cut the yard. You do a pretty fucking good job, right? You got to clean the house. Well, you make it clean. You make it your kind of, your kind of clean, you know, the, your type of clean that you want. And uh, you do a good job for the most part according to yourself, right? Well, that's what work is. And that's what you should think about it. Think about work like you're, you have tasks that you need to do. And if you can, separate yourself from the pay for a minute. Yes, you're getting paid. Okay, well, that's in the background. Don't think about the pay. Think about the task at hand. You got to get it done. You're going to do it. And you're going to do it the right way. And you're going to try to get it done as soon as you can. But also maybe no rush. You know, rushing things. And it's just like, I hate to keep using sports analogies, but... Um, it's like a quarterback who forces a ball. Most times for a quarterback who forces a ball into a place where he shouldn't be doing it, it either ends up in an incompletion or a, an interception. Rarely does it end up in a catch. you know. And that's why you don't force balls. You make sure to work with your wide receivers to run the routes that they need to. You practice, you practice, you practice so that they're going to be where you need them to be hopefully be opened, they should be doing their job, and that's what brings the team together. Now, when you're on your own working, and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure I'm telling you all the shit that you probably already know. This is one of two things. It's either going to galvanize what you already believe, or it might help you think differently about the job that you have now in hopes that it would make it better you know, in hopes that you would do a better job so that you can have more security at your job and maybe even move up. And for others, maybe it's reminding you, oh yeah, you've been, you've been just downtrodden, you've been getting your ass kicked at work, it's been rough, it's been difficult. And you started to think about it like emotion, you know, that you're just going through, a motion to go through at work, oh, I gotta fucking go through here, you know, for 40 hours this week, it's Monday, it sucks. But if you can separate yourself from that understanding of it like like a motion and more so take it over to a task that you need to do and understand it in a different way, it might make it easier to go through. I mean, I have a hard time doing that shit too, you know, working either one of my jobs. Now given I'm in sales, so it's quite a bit different than working a nine to five that it's, you know, the same procedure every day and things of that nature, which I would argue is probably a little bit easier to understand. Construction's a little different. Um, I remember working construction, you know, you always had different shit that came up, but you, you also had to apply your skills to it and and, and adapt and overcome things like that. Um, but it's, it's how you understand it. And certainly I'm going to be teaching my kids, you know, Hey, you know, there's, there's, there's a similarity between working and doing the same things that you want to do on your own. You know, you got to think about it like that. Take away the pay aspect of it, given, yes, you want to be paid, and then you shouldn't be doing work for free. You know, it is the free market. That's how things run. Uh, Money, currency is stored labor, and you work for that. You don't work for free unless there's going to be something that comes from it. Now, if we're talking about friends, that's different. We're talking about loved ones. That's different, you know. I've worked for loved ones. Um, I have a family member that, uh, uh, you know, it it I felt like it was my fault for a certain thing that had happened, although it wasn't necessarily or technically, but I still felt as though I should have given them the information. Or at least reminded them before they made a decision on something. And so I took it on me. I, I felt I needed to take the hit. Not just that. They didn't have a lot of money. And um, and so, you know, I took the pay out of it completely. Um, and that was hard on me. And it was hard on my, my wife and my family in that aspect. But, you know, that's family. That's what you do for family. Um, you know, especially if you feel as though you made the mistake and I certainly did. You know, I felt like uh even though they never they never put that on me, um I'm at least honest enough I th- I think with myself where I said, "All right, that was on me. I need to take the hit on that one so that they're not, you know, they're able to move forward." So, um but it's it's the same there's a there's a a bit of a similarity when it comes to fighting. Fist fighting for guys. Um you don't, there's two things that can cripple you in a fight. One that, that hits probably all of us. And I know it gets me every time is fear. I don't, I, I think I've only been in like one, two, maybe three fights my whole life where I wasn't fearful. Every other time a guy that might be smaller than me, uh, a guy that I know that I would overpower, that I was a better fighter than, uh, I was still scared of every time. Fear. And once you can overcome fear, you're good. Because now it becomes the task at hand. Now you're thinking of it as, okay, this is a job that I have to do. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to take care of these things. It changes your trajectory in the fight. And the same with anger. If you're too angry, and I think I said this in the last episode, but I was talking to, talking to my son who's got a tremendous temper, uh, much like me. And I've been able to control it, um, for the most part since I was very young. Uh, but I had, before that I would lose my temper and I'd, you know, get spankings or, you know, timeout, whatever it was, had things taken away from me, whatever it may be. Cause I'd break shit. I'd fucking, my sisters and, uh, and I still laugh about, you know, playing video games and how many controllers I'd busted. And shit like that, you know. And uh, that's bad. That's obviously a negative. Now, given my son has never busted a, com- a controller. Um, <laughs> because they're fucking expensive now compared to what they used to be. But uh, he also loses his temper quite a bit. And we had a discussion last night where he was like, Dad, um, it's I can't. I can't control it. It's too hard. And I said, no, it's not that it's too hard. It's You've never really practiced controlling it. And I also talked to him about, okay, well, when you're in your state of rage, you can do two things. You can either let it take control of you, in which you're going if to, you're, if you're trying to do something, if you're trying to win a game, whatever it may be, you're going to lose that game. Every time. In fact, we were actually playing a foosball, and he's gotten really good. He actually beat me the other night. Um, he's only nine, and he fucking beat me. A fo- I'm a pretty decent foosball player, uh, and, he, and he straight up beat me. Now, given I wasn't like fucking all in, not, not that I'm trying to give excuses or anything. He flat out beat me, but last night I was playing him and my wife and I beat them by one, you know, but I was, I was getting really into the zone, you know, where I was, I was a lot more, um, reactive, uh, with a faster reaction and, uh, I was on point. And then, so when she left and I played him while I was still in that same mode You know, and and also think, figuring, all right, well, he's beat me before, so his skill level's up. Well, I ended up beating him pretty soundly. I think it was like 10 to 2, maybe 10 to 3, something like that. And uh, I could hear the huffing and puffing. I could hear him just fucking wanting to lose his shit, and he started fucking spinning the things. Well, I tend to be pretty stern with my son. I'll uh, I'll get right on him right when I'm seeing it, because I think that that is a pretty good way of of nixing it when I can. However, every once in a while, I'm more than willing to try something new. So last night, I let him do it. I let him fucking huff and puff and spin the fucking things. The one thing I wasn't going to let him do, and in fact, uh, I had to get onto him about, was uh, his sister had been climbing on stuff and then she jumped off of something. And when she hit, she had her face too close to the wall and she busted her mouth. And so obviously she starts crying and I grab hold of her with well, my son still in his little attitude and uh you know said something some snide remark to her so I got on to him about it because you know I'm not going to tolerate that you want to go and you want to huff and puff and fucking you know throw your own shit that's one thing but you know going after a sister was another so um I did get on but we uh we had a conversation after and it was the conversation of all right what can you do so again you can either take that rage And lose control. And this happens in a fight. Um, Donald Cerrone just fought. And he fought Justin Gaethje. And, um... Oh, fuck, where was I going with this? Donald Cerrone fought fought with Justin Gaethje. Shit, it was going to go into controlling yourself. Oh, man, I just lost train of thought. Shit. Anyway, I was telling my son, what you can do uh, is you can focus that. You're in your state of rage, you're fucking so mad, but what you can do is if you hold on to it, you can actually try to focus it towards something. Because when you're that angry, when your adrenaline's pumping through you, again, you lose fine motor skills, which is why you can't do things the way that you want to do it. Your heart's pumping too fast, your blood's going too quick through your system. It's too difficult to try to pull off any kind of fine motor skill. Can you do it? Sometimes. But especially if you can focus it. So I was trying to get him to do that. And if you can overcome that in a fight, now it's on to the task at hand. Now you're performing the, 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 well, the task and you're, you're obtaining the objective that you have. Right? Which is to not get hit, to bob and weave. You're, you're reminding yourself. You have a little bit of more free space. Because when that rage comes in, man, your fucking brain is full. You just can't think fast enough. You, you can't think fast enough because it's filled with nothing but this pure fucking almost spirit of anger. And you can't do anything. I mean, you can, but you're going to throw punches that are probably going to be harder. And this is what I told my son, you know, is that when you're losing your temper, you have more strength. But that doesn't mean that it's better. You know, and I gave him a time of when I was, uh, I was wrestling somebody. And, uh, this person that I was wrestling was, uh, was a competitive wrestler. He had been, he'd wrestled his whole life and, uh, ended up teaching it later and, uh, always kicked my ass. And, um, this one time as he had me down, uh, and he was winning. Now we always did submission wrestling, right? Whoever gives up first loses, you know, that was the whole aspect to it. And, uh, as we're wrestling, um... I had never lost my temper with him before and I could feel it coming. So then I took that anger and I focused it and I ended up uh, reversing on him and getting him down and, and pinning him and winning, you know, tapping him out. And, uh, I mean, that wasn't the only time that I ever figured that out, but once you can figure that out, you, it's almost like a, and I kept telling my son this, it's almost like a superpower. You know, because now you have more strength than you usually have, but now you can also focus it in on your fine motor skills and obtain the, the, uh, or at least fulfill the task that you're, you're, you're trying to fulfill. Works works out a lot better. God, I'm really turning into a motivational speaker on this. That's okay. I'm fine with it. You know, shit just jumps into your head. Now, I don't know if that necessarily goes into... I feel like it could probably not work when it comes to debating. (laughs) Which is why you don't get mad when you you debate. You gotta let that shit roll over your shoulder. Uh, I am in the middle of a debate right now on on Twitter uh, with a Kyle Kalinske acolyte um, who is a big fan of... Now they're calling it social democracy as opposed to democratic socialism. It's the same fucking thing. It's, it, it's socialism. So now, you know, he sent he actually, I give him some credit. He sent me some, uh, some graphs, uh, from nsi.com or something like that. And, uh, I mean, it was all subjective shit anyway, but, um, it, it, whenever talking to these people, you just gotta be there. You gotta stick to the point. You gotta stick to the big points. You can't let them drag you down deep into this fucking the muck and the shit and then try to get a win on you. You have to stick to the fine points. you got to take a step back and say, hey, no, socialism has never worked. What they'll always try to do, and as I always say, they're revisionists. They will go through and they will say, well, this, we're talking about social democracy, which is practiced in the Scandinavian countries. That is now their go-to every fucking time. I actually had them use Canada too. And so obviously my response would be, well, the United States of America defends them. We are their bodyguards. They don't have to pay for their own self-protection. There's a lot that you can get away with with that, especially when the United States, and if you think about it, in the United States, our biggest bill is the military. Our biggest bill is the conflicts that we're dealing with all over the world. Again, we still have over 900 military bases across the globe. That shit ain't free. You know, we pay for it. As taxpayers, we pay for it. And so if a Scandinavian country that has a lot of wealth through oil or whatever it may be, and that's how they got to where they're at, if they're not paying for their own military... Now, given a lot of these places do have their own military, it's nowhere near ours. And not just that, but they don't have to worry about the threat of another country coming in and fucking with them. They don't have military conflicts. They don't have military bases on other parts of the globe where... It's as, as in-depth as the United States of America. It's not to say that they don't have any military bases. Some of them do. For the most part, they certainly don't have anywhere. I don't even think that any of them have upwards of ne- 100 military bases. But they don't pay for that. They don't pay for the United States coming to their aid at any given minute. That's on the military. That's on us. That's on the United States of America. Well, they do pay for certain military aspects. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of that. But for the most part, they don't have that bill. They certainly don't have the amount of military expenses that we do here in the in the United States. And so when you have when you don't have that bill, it frees up a lot of money to put it towards other shit. And then you're just taxing your people to fucking give the money back to your people. And you're calling it free healthcare or free education or free this or free that. And then ever and then the more it's almost like 1984, where the propaganda machine, uh, the uh, The something, the ministry of love. Is that what it's? The ministry is something. Basically, the ministry of propaganda, which kept telling them how great it was that they were getting chocolate, but the chocolate rations were going down. I think it went from like 45 to 35 percent. You know, or it went down 25 percent, or some crazy shit like that. So it went down, but the propaganda, the ministry, ministry of propaganda was pushing it as a good thing. And so then people started believing it. Like Winston's guy in, in the book that he was talking with was like, that was a, a point of conversation in which the guy was like talking about how great it was that they were getting the, the amount of chocolate they were getting. And it's like, you, you're having shit taken away from you and you're believing it's a good thing. So anytime you hear somebody say that, well, the Scandinavian countries are happier than the United States, that's a hundred percent subjective. That is not a real thing. That's a load of shit. And they they don't even know what they're saying to you. They're actually tr- trusting in this bullshit poll that went out that is purely subjective. I know people in the United States that are probably happier than anybody in, in fucking Sweden. And especially if Sweden knew what was going on with themselves, which some of them do, most of them don't. I can almost guarantee you that those polls would fucking plummet with the amount of, of government control that they have. Which is a load of shit. So don't believe that shit. So, uh, yeah, (sighs) just try to, try to differentiate, I guess, between, um, what you have understood as work lately. And if you're like me, like I said, this shit is, is more of an epiphany recently within the past couple years than, you know, it had been my entire working career since I was 16 years old. Well, late 15s, early 16, late 15, early 16 in which I, it was just emotion, I had to go in, I had to work, it sucked, I couldn't wait to get out, and then that was it. Where now, it's like if I have an objective, i got to get something done. Like right now, I have an appointment here in 45 minutes. You know, it's not a, oh, i got to go do this, it's motion. you know. It's, no, I want to go get this done, I want to get it done. It has now changed from a have to, to a want to. To where now I can get money coming in because of this, Once I do this thing and this thing and this thing and this. So it's, it's just a change in my perspective of what I once understood as work. You know, it used to be this horrible thing that, you know, I didn't want to do, but I had to do to this thing of, well, now I can use it to motivate me to get more money. And then also in the same sense of, of fighting. And I think just about any, any of what, any kind of combat coach or a coach of any kind of combat sport or whatever it may be, would teach the same thing. You know, especially it's, it's how you perceive it. You know, if you, if you perceive it as something scary, you're going to constantly go in there and be fearful and you're not going to be able to react the way that you should. Where if you can get over that fear, fear and you can understand, for me, um, fighting in the street is tremendously different than fighting in competition. And I have fought in competition. And I was never scared then. That, that never, I was never fearful of that. The only time I was ever fearful of that was getting up in front of other people to do it. You know, I had done other competitions and things like that, but once I remember there was once a, a kickboxing competition, the only reason I didn't want to do it was I had to get in front of people. Everybody was going to be looking at me. I was like, and it fucking, it was stage fright more than anything, but combat, combat sport and getting in there and doing that, that never bothered me because I was safe. I had a referee. I knew that he was trying to get points. I was going to try to get points. Yeah. I was going to get hurt. Never really, never really got fearful of getting hit, but, and, and it's kind of the same in a street fight, but the street fight is, I don't know. I think, I feel like it's maybe more stage fright there too, but once you can get over that fear, it's the task at hand, you know, it's work and it's a, it's a job well done if you can get to that point. You know, even if you lose, I've always said, uh, a fight fighting a fist fight, especially, you know, not something like I was talking about in the last episode where the fucking kids are stomping on heads and shit, but a, a straight up man to man, fair fight. Neither one of those guys should go away feeling, feeling like a, a pussy or some shit or feeling, feeling small. And by the way, you won't. The only time I've ever felt small is walking away from somebody walking away from a fight. And I know that sounds different than what we've always been told. Ta- oh, well, it takes a bigger man to walk away. It depends on the circumstances. You know, you got a guy that you know you can beat the shit out of and he's talking his shit and you're like, you know what, I'm going to walk away from this because I don't feel like dealing with this. That's that's completely different than having a guy fucking slapping your bitch and then you got to fucking fight him. There's a complete difference in the two. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Get over that. You... you, you change the perspective that you have. I mean, it is a mental hurdle, but once you can get out over that mental hurdle, things change. And it's, and it's a, it's a better perspective. So be accountable, be responsible, don't be liberal.